three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to Mets Musings. I'm Gary Mack, and uh, if you're wondering why there hasn't been a show for the past couple of weeks, um, I've had a death in the family. My big brother John passed away at the age of 75, and he was a big Mets fan. And as you can imagine, it's been a uh, difficult few weeks for my family and myself. And but. Um, life goes on and we're here so let's get on with the show hi this is ron darling uh, this is skip lockwood hi i'm ron swoboda of the 69 new york mets and you're listening to mets musings with gary mack Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Mets Musings. Uh, just want to do a quick recap of the season so far. The Mets have been playing some terrific baseball, 14-6. I know they had a stumble today. I know that they, uh, the starting pitching went south today, and uh, poor Carlos Carrasco. But you know what had to happen. It was bound to happen. And unfortunately, it happened today. But you know what? They... they uh, they showed some fight and some gumption. We had a benches clearing brawl and all of that nonsense. The Mets have been hit more times than anybody else in the game. Now, Chris Bassett came out yesterday and said that part of the problem is the ball. They took away the sticky substance thing for the pitchers. The balls are too slick, and and in this velocity-driven game now. Uh, it's just flying away from him, so not a good thing. But Buck Walter's got this team playing well. They're playing aggressively on the base pads. They're stealing bases. They're taking the extra base. They're hit and run. We've seen some sacrifice bunting. They're doing everything that you have to do to win, and they're making contact. They're hitting the ball. If you put the ball in play, you never know what's going to happen. The prime example was the other night against St. Louis. Ground ball Arenado with two outs. He throws it away. It set up the whole inning. The Mets score five runs in the inning and win the game when they were down 2 nothing and and two outs. They were down to, I think, their last strike. Uh, but Mark Canha made contact. Dominic Smith later on made contact in the score, winning, tying and winning run scored. So that's the thing you have to, to do to win, and they are certainly do it. Off day tomorrow as we record this on Wednesday evening, and they will be uh, playing the Phillies at home, and we will discuss that with my good friend and my co-host on the Baseball Talk radio show, Rich Baxter, who also... 
host of Phillies Talk with Rich Baxter, and writes a blog, Fighting Phillies, at fightingphillies.com. So you can go check out Mr. Baxter there, and he's a great guy. Uh, so go check out his site as well. Um, Rost is going to have to get cut down this weekend. Who's going to go? I think it has to be Cano. There's no, yeah, there's no other way that you can justify. Jankowski is playing well in in a role. Guillaume is your main backup for second, third, and short. Can't get rid of him. Plus, he's starting to hit. Jankowski's been hitting a little bit. He's got speed, and he's a good glove in the outfield. Cano looks lost. He looks like a 50-year-old guy swinging a bat. His bat swing is terribly slow. He's flailing at pitchers. His his balance is off. He just looks awful and lost at the plate. And he's got no range defensively anymore at second base. They just can't afford to play him every day. Not with the way McNeil is playing second base and McNeil is hitting. And... You know, J.D. Davis and Dom Smith are struggling a little bit, but they're starting to show signs. They're hitting the ball hard. Even in their outs, they're making it right on that ball. They're popping it. That's a good sign. Cano has, I think, seven hits so far, and six of them are in the infield. I, think he, I don't think he got any ball out to the outfield. He got maybe one hit to the outfield and a couple of fly balls outs. But he, he's not even hitting it out of the infield. And their weekly hit. Do you want to eat $40 million? It's a big, big question. Uh, I believe it was Anthony DeComo of MLB.com that came up with the idea of putting him on the injured list and letting him go down to... Um, Extended spring training in Port St. Lucie. Have a go down there and then, uh, you know, uh, see how he makes out. Uh, and then go on a tour of the minor league teams. Uh, have him go to St. Lucie for a couple of weeks. Um, Brooklyn. And then it'll be further along in the season. You know, at least you kill another month and then you can make a decision in that time if he's not hitting down there then you know it might be time to, to talk to him try to negotiate a buyout of some sort or release him and, and eat the 40 million it's a lot of money but y you can't take at bats from dominic smith or or jd davis either one of them you cannot use him defensively he he weakens the whole infield offensively he weakens the lineup and he's got guys he he was hitting sixth and he had can ha and mcneil behind him who were both hitting over 300 and he still couldn't hit so i think it's time i think it's time for him to go all right we'll take a quick break um let me just mention before we go that the the uh, starting pitching has been fantastic, except for today. Um, you know, wasn't going to be perfect all year. The bullpen's been pretty good. It, it's it's holding its own. A couple of mishaps along the way, but that's what, what happens with a bullpen. You really can't uh, 
do much with that. They, they're in a tough situation. So uh, they're holding their own as well. But um, let's see what happens with Cano and everything. All right. We'll be back with uh, Rich Baxter uh, to talk about the Phillies and the Mets. We've got a special treat for you this week. Joining us this week, and this week only, well, we'll see, maybe later in the season he'll be back, but is the one, the only, Rich Baxter. He is the co-host of the Phillies Talk podcast and also a blogger. He has the Fightin' Phillies blog, and he's also my co-host. Him and I host or co-host, or however you want to put it, the Baseball Talk radio show every Sunday. So I hope you'll give that a listen. And, Rich, welcome back to Mets Musings. Thank you very much, Gary. It's always a pleasure being with you and your fellow Metsies, your Mets fans. Got a lot to be happy about out there. Now, Rich, we know you're not one of those Phillies fans that throw stuff at people or... Uh, hates the Mets. You actually were a Mets fan at one point in time. Yeah, I always keep my eye on the Mets. I I still do. I I figure them as my second team, um, and I always have, even as a kid. So goes back deep, you know. I always have one eye on the Mets, and uh, <laughs> of course I'm closer to Philadelphia, so I'm a natural-born Philly fan. Sure, that's understandable. And uh, the Phillies have not exactly gotten off to the start they were hoping to get off to this year they're struggling a little bit um what's been their main problem so far rich yeah as you said gary they're eight and ten going into tonight's play um and they've picked up two wins in the last two games but their primary problem has been just hitting the ball and advancing the runner plain and simple they've had a lot of zero and fours uh, we got Kyle Schwarber in the off season. He is touted to be a home run hitter, and uh, his first hit as a Philly was a home run. Uh, his first at bat opening day, but since then he's been a little cold. He's batting under 200. Uh, Bryce Harper's been our DH for a while now. He's got an elbow nagging pain in it, he says, and he wants to stay at DH for a while. But he hasn't been batting too well either. So you get two big guys like that that are not doing well, and all of a sudden um, it's a lack of offense. Yeah, and and they were touted as having a a terrific lineup and a a good offensive team. And if you go down their lineup, you know, you would think they would. But uh, I got to think that cranky elbow has got to be hurting Harper, even hitting. Yeah, uh, he was interviewed just last night uh, in the locker room, and he said he's still not ready yet. He still has a little nagging feeling to his uh, elbow area, and uh, even the Phillies analyst interpreted that and said, well, at least he's not saying it's a sharp pain or anything like that. So he's able to bat, and he's come around in the last couple games, so... If he can do that for the Phillies, you know, I'm sure Joe Girardi, Phillies manager, is happy to have him as DH. Sure, and at least his presence is in the lineup, and, and you know, you're not losing him. That's the, 
I guess begrudgingly the good thing about the DH, uh, you know, uh, you don't lose them completely. Uh, but a big, a big shoes to fill in that lineup. And uh, uh, how is Nick Castellanos one, another one of the big acquisitions that the Phillies made in the offseason? How is he faring so far? He's doing good. He's uh, had a nice run at the plate. He's probably one of your more reliable batters, so to speak, on the Phillies lineup. He's got, let me check in with the uh, the top standings there so far with the batting. He's um, close to the top in batting average, and uh, he's, he's hit the cover off the ball a few times. So he's, as advertised, uh, in Philadelphia, and the fans have taken to him. He knows how to win the fans over with his hustle and his constant um, play. He's batting 313 right now, leading the team. So he's getting on base for the Phillies. And, Rich, with the, um, the slow start that the Phillies have gotten off to, uh, is there any grumbling at all about Girardi is is I know it's so early in the season that that you know but you know we know how baseball fans are and and you know they're not meeting expectations and right away they want something to change has there been any grumblings any mention at all about Girardi possibly being on the hot seat a ton of grumblings um okay (laughs) sports talk radio in Philadelphia is not known for its being humble and um, forgiving too much. Um, They had a poll the other day in Twitter and talked about it on the air early part of the week, uh, the weekend, that sort of thing, four four or five days ago. They were calling for Girardi to be fired, and frankly, he's one of the top three managers in Vegas uh, to get fired first in baseball, so to speak, so... Uh, I don't know if it's a real hot seat with the ownership of the Phillies. And a lot of the fans, especially the older fans and longtime fans, have a little bit of leniency towards Girardi because they know he's not out there on the field. I was talking to a fan myself uh, on a recent game I went to to see the Phillies. And he, he says, how can they blame Girardi you know, for all this? It's the players on the field. And unfortunately, sometimes the manager – has to uh, be sacrificed for the bad play of the players. And, Rich, we know that only too well, that, uh, you know, you're not going to fire the whole team. So it's usually the manager or the hitting coach or somebody that has to go. But uh, as you say, you know, it, it is the um, it is the uh, the players on the field not executing. And uh, you mentioned Schwaber. I think he's hitting like 172. Uh, with one home run, I think Harper just hit it. Did he just hit his first home run, or he hit the first home run in a few games? I think maybe that's it. Yeah, I think he's hit his first home run in a few games. Uh, yeah. He does have 15 RBIs, three total home runs uh, before the start of tonight's play. Batting 257, he's raised that up pretty good in the last couple games, but uh, it was a little cold to start off, like. Most of the team was. Like I said, they started off with an opening day win. Then they went on a uh, extended losing streak there for a while. So um, it's it's great to see them back to the winning side. 
And and I know when the Mets were there earlier in uh, the season, or it was like two weeks ago, <laughs> three, whatever it was, um, defense was an issue, especially at third base with Bohm. Uh, made a couple of, I guess, you know, bonehead plays or just bad plays, bad throws. Uh, looks like Gregorius has lost a step or two, and his offense has been uh, not has – He's gotten off to a slow start, at least at that point in time. Is there any improvement in the the, uh, the defense of the infield uh, so far? Yeah, of course, as you said, uh, Alec Bone, rookie, uh, his first time really getting an opening day call for the season, had a tough time. He made those memorable comments that you probably heard, you yeah. know, he hates this effing place yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he was called upon, you know. Um, unfortunately, he said, you know, spur of the moment type of words. And, of course, you're going to make three errors. People are bowing you. Yeah, you're going to hate the place. Sure. But uh, the fans have sort of forgiven him for that. They see his human side of the story. And uh, all is forgiven with him. Uh, the way he handled it, um, and he's a rookie. So you don't endear yourself with the fans, and sometimes the fans will turn your back, turn their back on you, and, and you're done with them. But it seems like they've accepted him back, um, and he's done well for the Phillies. He's been one of the bright spots early on, uh, one that you could rely on. And there's another player that just came back to the Phillies uh, out of AAA. He was injured for a while, Odubel Herrera. And it's oh. odd that, you know, he's, since he played center field for the Phillies, the Phillies have really taken off. He's provided a spark to this offense. He's been hitting the cover off the ball, only 10 at-bats. He's got a couple of uh, RBIs. He's got like four RBIs and four hits. He's batting 400, so... Just his looseness and the way he approaches the game seems to have spurred this Phillies offense. And he's a uh, he, he's not a weird player, but he's a he's he, I mean he's got so much talent. That guy, when you watch him play, he can, he can go after the ball, he can catch it, he can run. Um, he's got a nice swing, but but he struggled offensively in years past. Yeah, he's been going through um, that roller coaster type of thing, but now he's a little bit older, so maybe he's a little bit wiser too. You know, some of these players really find themselves at a certain age. They've played the game for so long, and they're no longer that rookie with a, a year or two experience. Now he's been, you know, playing ball for six, seven years, so um, that could help him. And uh, you may see a lot of them during the New York series. Yeah, sometimes it just clicks in, I guess. At a certain, they say 27, 28, some of these guys, uh, you know, sometimes uh, it, it'll click in and their potential comes out, and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, we know those guys as well. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it always liked him as a player. Um he was a pain in the neck to the Mets, but uh, <laughs> he was a, a, a good player. And, uh, uh, he, you know, it's good to see that he's back now and playing well. Um, pitching has always been a bugaboo. 
last year, specifically the bullpen was a big problem. Uh, the Phils went out. They got uh, uh, Jerry's Familia. They signed uh, Brad Hand from the Mets. And uh, how is the bullpen? We'll start with the bullpen and get to, to the starting pitching after that. But how has the bullpen been uh, performing in this early season so far? Bullpen's been pretty reliable for the most part. Uh, you do have your bumps in the road, so to speak. Um, but as you said, Familia, Hand, Knebel, uh, and Sir Anthony Dominguez have really tied down this bullpen pretty well for the Phillies. Uh, it's the other guys that you get worried about sometimes. <laughs> you know, the, how they find themselves into the game sometimes is, uh, is amazing. But, you know, with these core guys, they should be able to do it in Philadelphia this year. As you said, you know, starting pitching has been an issue for the Phillies so far. Uh, Aaron Nola pitches well for about four innings. Then the fifth inning, he's tired. He's throwing a ball right down the middle of the plate, getting taken out of the yard sometimes, many too many times, and we've had that from him for the last couple years. Of course, he used to be the Phillies' ace till we got Zach Wheeler from you guys, the Mets. Mm -hmm. And Wheeler has come aboard to take over the ace spot for the Phillies, but he's been struggling the last two starts for them. But, you know, his take on his last start was he's happy that he's getting to a certain plateau with the shortened uh, spring training. So uh, it was almost to be expected that some of these guys are going to have a problem. Now, some don't. So I don't know how you can try to rationalize that. But uh, Wheeler and Nola haven't been – as advertised yet. <laughs> yeah, I think the I, you know, I think the short uh, spring training, and everybody says those oh, spring training's too long and and it's boring. The players get bored, but every time, I mean, we saw in twenty twenty two, you know, with the short the second spring training, uh, how that was shortened and and players didn't get off to good starts and pitches struggle. I think there is something to that, to the longer spring training. It just gets you looser. It just gets you used to doing certain things. And, and you know, they didn't have that. So uh, I guess I, I've become an advocate for the long spring training because it's proved its worth over the last few years. Absolutely. You know, the, the guys, especially pitching, they have to you know, they have certain schedules, and I firsthand saw that up at the stadium the other night. I was like, I was amazed by how many pitches a starting pitcher throws before he gets to the mound and starts the game. They must throw 40 pitches before they get to the mound just to warm up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that 15-minute time, you know, <laughs> before yeah. the game. Um, yeah. The tentative pitching matchups... Mm -hmm. As I've seen so far, is it will be uh, Friday night, Aaron Nola against Tyler McGill. Um, that should be a good pitching matchup. Um, I think Saturday is going to be Taiwan Walker against uh, Zach Elfin, I believe. Uh, Saturday, well, I, I have Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson. Okay, yeah. I got him mixed up. 
Uh, and then Sunday will be uh, another good one. Zach Elfin against Max Scherzer. So that's yeah. uh, that's a good one. We could, So we've got uh, pretty much our top three guys going. We're two of our top three and a guy coming back from uh, an injury uh, in Taiwan Walker who looked good his first two innings that he pitched. Uh, and then left with a little bursitis, and he's been down. Um, but uh, David Peterson stepped in and pitched very well in his stead. But he's back, Walker. So, um, as you said, uh, Nola's uh, uh, struggled. How about Gibson and Elfin? Have they been able to pick up the slack that Wheeler and Nola haven't, uh, you know, uh, have left so far? Yes, uh, Gibson's been pretty well, Kyle Gibson, um, and Zach Eflin. Um, he's one and one. He just picked up his first win of the season the other night. And, uh, yeah, they've been pretty decent for the Phillies. They've been pretty reliable, so to speak. And, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup on Sunday with Scherzer because uh, he's been on fire for you guys. He's got the one eight zero ERA. <laughs> Nobody can seem to still hit him. Oh, he's he's uh, he's something else. I tell you, seeing him pitch every five. You know, we used to see him, and you say, "Oh boy, he's good," but seeing him every five days, it's just. And even seeing him in the dugout, uh, you know, he's into every game. He is uh, if he's um, if he's pitching, he's in the innings. When the Mets are up, he's stalking. He's walking back and forth in the dugout. and um, Good leadership there. And, you know, they got a couple of young uh, young guys. Uh, Peterson can benefit from his being there, Scherzer, as well as McGill. Everybody can. Even Bassett, who pitched yesterday, and Carrasco had a bad outing today. But, you know what? It had to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know as well as I do that the starting pitching was so good. They were bound for a bad game, and it happened today. But, uh, uh, you know, um, it, it should be an interesting series. Now, as you probably know or don't know, maybe you didn't catch it. You did work today. Um, Mets and the Cardinals had a brawl. The Mets are the most hit-by-pitch uh, team in by I think double the next team um, and it just got to be a little too much uh, JD Davis got hit in the ankle in the eighth inning had to be taken out and and then uh, well, Lopez for the Mets brushed back Arenado and Arenado didn't like it and uh, had a little bit of a confrontation benches empty a lot of pushing and shoving you know the usual routine uh, with that kind of thing, have the Phillies been um, been involved in in anything? Uh, any hit batsmen? Is, is it a problem there yet, or is it just the Mets? It looks like so far. It looks like just the Mets. Uh, Phillies haven't been really hit all that much. Um, they've had to contend with bad umpiring. Angel Hernandez, you may have read that. Mm -hmm. The other night in Philly, um, really badly called game on Sunday Night Baseball. But other than that, no, it's been pretty well uh, just regular baseball for them. 
pretty amazing how Angel Hernandez is still in the major leagues, but I, I guess you know he knows some. He knows where the bodies are buried. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I'm looking forward to this series. We got another Sunday night baseball game to be played tonight, or uh, Sunday night, rather, with the Mets. And by the end of the month, believe it or not, Gary, the Phillies and the Mets, I looked ahead on this, will have played 13 times the end of the month of May. Yeah. Um, which is astounding to me. So there's going to be a lot of times when the Phillies and the Mets are playing in the next 30 days. Yeah, and this this next two weekends, I think it's they're playing seven games, three here at City, and then the following weekend, four at uh, Citizen Bank Park. So, yeah, uh, we're gonna see a lot of the Phillies, and I, you know, and then we may not see them for a couple of months, and kind of crazy in a way, um, because they are in a division. I wish they spread it out a little bit better, but. Uh, what can you do? You know, you have those gaps, and then they'll see them more pr again towards the end of the year. But um, yeah, hard to believe thirteen games already in the can with the with the Phillies in the next month or so. So you know, it's yeah. it's. <laughs> and we have two Sunday night baseball games scheduled between the teams. Uh, Sunday, May first. In New York, and then again in New York, tentatively here May 29th. It's showing uh, Phillies oh. and the Mets a Sunday night baseball matchup. Wow. So they're going to be going to be on ESPN quite a lot. Yeah, and the the hometown announcers will get the night off, so they'll be happy. They'll have a Sunday off. <laughs> yeah, and will we see you at any of those games? Yeah, I'm going to try to make it up to a couple of these right. games. Um, love to see it and um, looking forward to it. Just praying the weather holds up and uh, it's a great matchup. You know, the Mets are on fire right now mm -hmm. and uh, the Phillies are playing a little bit better. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, compete with the Mets because the Mets have been on, on a tear lately. Yeah, they, they have been... Uh, playing some good ball, and, and really, I have to tell you, uh, a lot of it, I think, comes from the manager, Buck Walter. It's just a, it's night and day. Even watching on television, when you see that dugout, he is so much in the game, uh, always taking notes. He's he's always thinking ahead, um, always has it you know they ask why did you do this he's got an answer and you go oh you know that does make sense uh you know just a world of difference than the last couple of years with some of the managers um always talking to the players the coaches constantly uh and really uh it, it He's got these guys prepared to play, and, and they're playing some small ball too, Rich. You know, they're not bashing the home runs like they normally do. Um, they're, they're, they're aggressive on the bases, and they're stealing bases, and um, it's fun to watch. It really is. The pitching's been terrific. So uh, it should be a great series, and uh, we'll all hope for the best, but I hope we take at least two out of three. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. You never know. Well, Rich, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out tonight and 
coming on uh, Mets Musings. Good to see you again uh, here on the Mets Musings Airwaves and uh, tell the people where they can hear you and see you. Yeah, of course, you can stop by the website, fightingphillies.com. And, of course, Phillies Talk Podcast with Rich Baxter. You have to put the with Rich Baxter in because the local NBC affiliate stole my name <laughs> of the podcast. So uh, if you want to listen in, I invite you to stop by. And uh, thank you, Mets fans, for having me. And thank you, Gary, for having me on the show. Always a pleasure. And we'll be back right after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. Follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Musings. On Twitter at Mets Musings GM. The Instagram is Mets Musings. And on YouTube at Mets Musings Mac. Wish to be a part of the show? Give us a call at 516 619 6341. Okay, and we're back and. Wanted to do it down on the farm, but really doesn't don't have anything uh, prepared for it. But uh, let me just say this: St. Lucie is in first place in their division. Uh, Brooklyn is in second place, two games out of first in their division. Binghamton and uh, uh, Syracuse are both about five, five and a half games out of first, and. They are struggling with uh, Syracuse. I think is six and twelve. Binghamton might be six and eleven. We'll have more next week with more up to date standings. Alvarez, Batty, and Mauricio are hitting the cover off the ball. Uh, Mark Vientos is struggling. Khalil Lee is struggling. Uh, just a quick recap of the minor league for you for this week. Next week we'll go down on the farm and uh, look at it a little bit more. I want to thank my guest, uh, Rich Baxter, for coming on this evening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and I want to thank you for listening and watching on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast from. Please subscribe and hit the like button uh, so you'll always know when another, another edition of Mets Musings is about to come out. Yeah, you'll, you'll be the first to know on your block. Be the first on your block to know Mets Musings is coming out. All right. I will see you next time. Uh, and until we meet again, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. And I will see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings. <laughs> <laughs>